Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us and for tuning in uh, for this week's podcast episode. Um, I'm excited for this week's episode. I'm excited to to get back to rolling here on our What Does the Bible Say About series here on the podcast as we've been looking at bite-sized pieces of theology, different topics that are related to our Christian walk. Um, And I'm specifically excited for today's topic, but I'm going to get into that here in just a minute because this week I am joined once again by Tom Rempel, Faith Bible Church's preaching pastor. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, nice to be back. The break was nice. But <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's good to be back, yeah. Listeners, hopefully enjoyed getting the chance to hear both from Tim Grease, our facilities director, a few weeks ago, and also uh, from Brad Orta from Country yeah. Bible. I, I know I heard from a few of you uh, that it was an encouraging conversation as you wrestled with the doctrine of election and what Brad presented there. So hopefully it was an enjoyment for you. Hopefully it was encouraging to you. Um, but this week we are back back into uh, having Tom on the podcast. And before we actually get into our topic for this week, Tom, um, I just want to mention listeners that Tom began our new sermon series in Hebrews this fall. He's calling it, Is He Enough? We wrapped up our sermon series on the book of Revelation, the seven churches there, and you wanted to move us into the book of Hebrews. I I want to take a moment here at the front end, Tom, and I want to just give you the chance. Why the book of Hebrews and, and why now specifically? Well, first, we uh, in 2020, we kicked the year off by starting a journey from Genesis to Revelation. We called it Route 66, not a very creative name, but it's... But, uh, <laughs> been used before, but the classics never die. Yeah, right? it's just like, <laughs> like, hey, when you're a product of the 60s, it's just where you go. But uh, our, our sub-point line there was every sign points to Jesus. So we spent those 12 months, even through COVID and all there... And then we, we came back and said, who is this Jesus that we were looking for? Mm. And we spent the first part, the first six months, really, of this year looking at the four Gospels, the words and works of Jesus, and then what does it mean to follow him? If we find him, how do we follow him? And mm. we, so we talked Sermon on the Mount and following Jesus, which then led us to the letters of the seven churches. We're following him today, but is this the end of the story? Mm. And the answer is no. He has expectation for how we believe in light of what, or what we believe and how we behave in light of that yeah. for this between the two appearings. And then it brings us to the question of, is Jesus enough? That is, yeah. as, as John the Baptist said, are you, are you the one or should we look for another? Mm. And so we're in Hebrews because one, if we have found that one, should we look for anything else? And secondly, uh, what COVID has done in other seasons of time has raised the question for some, is am I really committed to following him or not? Mm. So uh, Hebrews will encourage those who are struggling to continue to pursue Christ. Mm. Very good. Very good. I, I, maybe a spontaneous question. What What is your hope coming out of Hebrews? We're, we'll be in here for maybe a year and a half. I mean, it's going to be a long study. Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews, is a, Hebrews is a long book. It's probably one that yeah. our listeners have some questions about as they've read through it for themselves. What would you hope that we would have or be on the other end of the study? I think what it's going to impact is, one, uh, the atmosphere of our corporate gatherings, mm. Uh, he says it's the 13th chapter. Now, you don't come to a mountain that's covered in smoke and fire and thunder 
but you, you come to the Holy One. Mm. So I think our corporate gatherings will be more Christ-focused and Christ-honoring. I think our personal lives is mm. like in the hard times, we will press through. Uh, that, that We'll talk about it next week as yeah. the perseverance of the saints. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that, that, that I will be convinced that regardless of what the opposition is or regardless of the path that's before me, that I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter. So I hope mm. that it solidifies faith. The third is that it will probably regrettably uh, do a sifting process. Mm-hmm. Uh, some who have only intellectually uh, followed him are going to realize that the cost of total submission to him as Savior is more than I want to pay. And uh, regrettably, as John said in his letter, they went out from among us because they were not of us. And mm-hmm. so we regrettably, we may see some departure, but at least those who remain are fully sold out to him. Mm. That's a long answer to your short question. It's, it's a good answer to the short <laughs> question, though. Uh, we're, we're taking a year and a half or so yeah, yeah, this ends up being in this, so it's a, a worthwhile pursuit. Yeah. Um, listeners, if, if you missed Tom's first message as he introduced the book of Hebrews from this last Sunday, I'd really encourage you to go back onto our website or our podcast feed and find that so you have some context for the rest of the book. Uh, you can go to faithbiblelincoln.com org, hit the resources button, hit the sermons feed, and you can find all those old sermons. You can find Tom's sermon and listen back through that, or you can search for a Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, and find our sermons feed on wherever you get your podcasts uh, to catch up on any of those messages you missed, particularly this first week in Hebrews as you set the stage for what we're going to spend the rest of the year and more in. Uh, But obviously, we're going to continue moving forward here, and it's funny that you bring up this idea of you know, Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith, because mm-hmm. the last few weeks we've talked a lot about him as the author. We've talked about a lot yeah. about salvation, what that means, but now we're moving into the perfecter of our faith. We're talking about this idea of Christ also refining us um, as we have the doctrine of sanctification this week. Listeners, you know, over the last few weeks we've covered the Bible, we've talked about the Trinity, we've talked about creation, angelic beings, mankind, sin, salvation, and finally, the last couple of weeks, election. Um, and just in case you've been watching the news lately, that has nothing to do with politics. Uh, just for clarity on that subject, that verse has nothing to do with the doctrine of election. So you or just, the, like, you just took Second Peter 1.10 right out of the political I, arena. I'm sorry, that's not what it's talking about. Hopefully, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the last few weeks uh, from Brad Ornes, he talked about that doctrine. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about that sanctification. What is kind of the next step? Brad talked about the order of salvation. We got a little bit into sanctification, but that's where we're going this week. Um, And as always, I want to start off this week by reading a little bit from our um, statement of faith here at Faith Bible Church. Um, the, The doctrine of sanctification isn't clearly articulated in one specific paragraph in our doctrine. It's kind of woven into two or three. So I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here, and then we're going to move into our first question here on sanctification. Tom. Uh, We say this under the doctrine of salvation, um, and then we move on to the church. We believe that those who are saved are recreated spiritually, born again as completely new creatures, resulting in the full forgiveness of sins and the liberty of holy living. Though indwelling sin remains a reality in every believer, we are to be led by the Holy Spirit, grow in the knowledge of the Lord, keep the Lord's commandments, and live in such a way that all may see our good works and thus glorify our Father who is in heaven." Talking about that as the the outflow of salvation. Then down in the church, we say this. We believe that true believers must meet together on a regular basis for instruction, 
worship, sharing, and encouragement in order to maintain spiritual growth and to encourage each other to continually look for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. These assemblies are to be characterized by corporate worship, biblical instruction, prayer, and fellowship. We believe that the exercise of divinely granted spiritual gifts by each member of the body is essential for attaining full spiritual maturity on behalf of all the members of this local church. Obviously, we're talking about there that salvation then leads to yeah. a change of behavior. We're talking about engagement with the church leads to a refinement of who we are and investment in each other's lives. This process that we call sanctification, that's what we're talking about this week on the podcast, Tom. So start us off. What does the Bible say about sanctification? What's an appropriate definition there? Yeah, I think uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism gives the definition uh, succinctly, and that is, it is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness, or as we say in a, in a short, pithy way, uh, it is the process of Christ, Holy Spirit, making me less like me and more like Jesus. Mm. So what the Bible says basically is that salvation, as you probably, you, know, you and Brad uh, tiptoed, or I mean, you and... Uh, you and Brad and Brad. It could be a sports show, I guess. I don't this know. Could be a, this could be a thing. Yeah. Uh, we we're just talking about the fact that I have been saved. I will be saved. But between the have and will be, there is mm. the I am being saved. And mm. so sanctification is really biblically taught is he has called us to be holy as he is holy. Mm. And so positionally... I am declared righteous and holy the moment I trust Jesus as my Savior. Spirit of God moves in and makes my life his home. Mm. But practically, that, that garbage of carryover and living in the world, uh, there is a progressive holiness mm. that has been performed in me. Mm. And this process probably makes a lot of sense to most of us. We tend to think in these sort of terms. Now, we always have to stop a little bit and not jump to that too quickly. We want yeah. to, what am I supposed to do from the Bible? And most of the New Testament books start with what, who we are in Christ, yeah. the indicative, yeah. and move to what are we yeah. supposed to do, the imperative. We're talking about the imperative now, but be, that's because we've laid all the groundwork yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the work Christ has done in our hearts already. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's get into the text of Scripture here then, Tom. If we accept this idea of our ongoing refining to become more like Christ, dying to sin, living to righteousness, this idea, where do we find that in the text of Scripture? Well, the, the, the numerous passages, but I, I want to pick up on what you just said as you read the New Testament. It, 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 especially Paul's structure is, is the first half of his letters are basically, this we believe. Yeah. And the second half is, this, in light of that, we behave and so it, it's woven into all of the letters to the churches. Uh, Hebrews repeats it over and over. Mm, to be sanctified mm -hmm. is, first of all, to be set apart as sacred, but then it's to walk and live as sacred. Romans, and I really appreciated Gordon and the early meeting Sunday morning yeah, yeah. for small group leaders, and the emphasis he put on Romans 6, 7, and 8. Yeah. And those, that, that trinity of text... Are, are powerful for what does it mean for those who have been redeemed. Or as one author said, regeneration is our being born. Sanctification is our learning to walk. Mm. So it's, it's the life of a child becoming an adult. And Romans really handles that. Well, how are we born again? But then 6, 7, and 8, how do we live? Galatians, the whole article of Galatians was written because they were messing sanctification up. They, right. they, they were right. making it was a works righteousness that is initiated by faith, but it is maintained by 
works. And he says, no, no, if we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Mm. And then also, uh, really, the, the letter to First John uh, mm. that we love because he first loved us. So he talks about he has forgiven us our sins, chapter 1. time you get to chapter 4 and 5, he's really exhorting us on how to live less like us and more like Christ. So mm. all through the New Testament, you find it woven in. Uh, Jesus, even in the gospel, says, I have come that you might have life, and then you might have it more abundantly. Mm. And uh, he talks about it in John 15. I'm the vine, and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, do what? I mean, so I'm grafted in as a Gentile, according to the Romans 8 mm. or 9, 10, 11. But at the same time, his life flowing through me is transforming mm. me. Uh, and another one, again, at from the youth rally of the weekend, 2 Corinthians 3, the end of it says, we are being, now with unveiled faces, we are being changed glory to glory. So day by day becoming less like me and more like Christ. So that's my short answer to your long question. <laughs> there, there, there we go. I, it, it is one of those things where, again, I, you know, a lot of times we don't have to spend a lot of time convincing people of this argument. They read the New Testament in particular, but the Old Testament yeah. as well, and very quickly they go, okay, we're, we're supposed to live out our faith yeah. in a particular way. Um, we're going to talk about here in a moment some of the errors that you can get into. And yeah. Obviously, what we're not advocating for is like you live out your faith and that's how you become a believer. That's, that's right. why we've laid right. the groundwork in so many ways like that's you right. have. But it's I, I love your illustration there. As you, you're born, you're yep. born again, the Nicodemus yep. idea from John, and then you're sanctified. It's, yep. it's not yep. it's not the other way around. Yep. It doesn't work that way. Um, I love you know Ephesians four the way it talks about that, when it talks about the sanctification process as the yeah. body builds itself up, it says, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up yeah. in love. That's the idea. It's this growth that we get this well, illustration in, in our In that kids. same text, and so you're no longer children. Yes, yes. Blown this way and that way by every wind and wave of doctrine. So it's it's not only behavioral change, but it's believing hmm. in growth or in journey. You know, Hebrews 5 he says, you guys ought to be teachers of one another, and you still need the elementary yep. things. Now, basically, he's just saying, would you grow up? You yeah. know, and the sad thing, and you, you being the father of four under the age of six, <laughs> understand yeah. Yeah. that. You know, too, too early in our children's lives, we look at them and say, would you just grow up? Mm. But as believers, we don't say that early mm. enough. And so it's the growing up, learning to walk well mm. process. Okay, so let's... I want to I want to ask the follow up question to that because I think I think biblically one of the things I find a lot of people asking is then okay we are supposed to you know we've talked about the regeneration the work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives bringing us to a saving knowledge of Christ that's that's Christ's work we respond in faith and repentance what about sanctification uh, one of the questions I always get from people is how does that work in my yeah. life is you know scripture seems to talk about me trying hard doing things yeah. to do and this strive. it also talks about the spirit how does that work in sanctification? Well, it, it, it kind of moves into the subjective arena, mm. but we know that the Spirit works through His Word. He, he authored it so that by it uh, we will be uh, informed. You know, all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, will be corrected, for training. So mm. it it's the work of the Spirit. So how does it work? Well, it's the filling of the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. That's an excess. Be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5. In Galatians, he talks about what life in the Spirit looks like. So how does it work? It is 
the discipline of not responding as I naturally would in life situations by the flesh, Galatians 5.19, yeah. but rather responding as the Spirit of God would direct me as Jesus would, Galatians 5.22. But it's, it's the art of hearing the quiet voice of the Spirit. There's this inner conscience mm-hmm. that he speaks to, but he guides us in light of the revealed truth in the Word, and then the other is is that he uses the brothers and sisters in the body to both encourage me and exhort me, that which each, as you said in Ephesians 4, by each joint supplies so that we all grow up and mature. Mm. So it's, it's the word, it's the indwelling spirit, and it's brothers and sisters in Christ all coming together to help me grow up. Mm. Uh, so it's... It, 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 he gives us coaches, elders and teachers and all to instruct and to discipline us and to encourage us along the way. Mm. So it's a, it's a body life thing. It's a, it's a Bible thing, mm. and it's the indwelling of the Spirit thing. Mm. Yeah, very good. I, I know one of the books uh, on spiritual disciplines that I've appreciated is called Habits of Grace by yeah. David Mathis, yeah. a, a product of John Piper's ministry. Um, and he talks about kind of three categories of spiritual disciplines. He talks about hearing from God, yeah. the Word involved in our lives, praying to God, the response, and then also being among the people of God, yeah. these refining yeah. influences. And it's an interesting line to walk, because you're talking about it's it's the influence of the Spirit in our hearts. Yeah. It's also our effort. You know, So where yeah. salvation is entirely a work of God, mm-hmm. sanctification is kind of a collaborative Effort on you know where we have to strive. Scripture talks yeah. about that. At the same time, it is the Holy Spirit working in us. It's not yeah, a self generated thing. Philippians two, work out your salvation yeah. with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work <laughs> within you, both the will and do of His good pleasure. Right. So, and we go. Wait. Hold on a yeah. second. And, but he, you know, he, he kicked that off. Obviously, yeah. it's a letter to a congregation, to a fellowship. Yeah. But I'm confident He will begin a good work and you. Will perfect it. That's one six. Mm-hmm. Boom, you get to 210, and he says, now work it out yourself. Oh, it is the Spirit of God at work within you. <laughs> and and so keeping it in that balance is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. So you're highlighting, I, I love this idea, the Word, the power of the Spirit yeah. among the people of God. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting conversation because I know I talk to people, and there's all sorts of books written on, you know, give me the five steps to my spiritual yeah. maturity. And the reality <laughs> is it's the same thing that believers did, uh, you know, 2,000 years That's ago. Right. It's the same spiritual disciplines. Yeah. It's the same engagement with the church. It's the same dependence upon the Spirit. It's the same Word of yeah. God working in their lives. There's no new trick to this, and there's no easy, you know, make make it rich quick scheme on this. Long, long <laughs> before there were publishing process. houses for Christian authors, they gave us the Word and the Spirit Very and good. the fellowship of the saints. No doubt. And uh, they they were mature. We look back to them. We, we right. need them because of their, their journey of faith. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay, so now let's move on to our next question here. We've kind of framed out what is sanctification. How do we engage with that idea? Um, what about disagreements? There's there's likely to be some disagreements here within orthodoxy. First within orthodoxy, and then we'll move on to the heretical idea. Well, uh, within orthodoxy, I, I, I think uh, my background, as you know, was was rather uh, fundamentalistic and uh, legalistic. Mm. So I would say within orthodoxy, there is some range of, it's by these rules that you set down, you know, the Ten Commandments might have been satisfied in Jesus, Mm. but we have some new New Testament commandments that'll help you be sanctified. 
And uh, so it was always somewhere someone is having fun and we must stop it kind mm, of thing. Yeah, yeah. That, so I think that's one. I think uh, another one, and it, it might be a, a heresy, but it's this, I can, my salvation is not secure. Mm. So when I stumble and fall, uh, I, I, I obviously didn't get saved. Mm. Rather than realize the righteous man, though he falls seven times, he rises again. Uh, there's that sense that any sin that appears in my life indicates I have not properly believed for salvation. Mm. And uh, so it, it's along the line of the Armenian uh, theology, but that my salvation is never secure. And that's, that's based on the sanctification journey. Mm. I was saved and I will be saved, but in between there... Mm. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a growing struggle. Mm. So you know, First John one nine, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, past, present, and future. Mm. So that there's some range of disagreement there, and probably in methodology as well. So again, mm. you know, back in the '80s, or I'm sorry, in the '90s, there was a great emphasis on the spiritual disciplines. Yeah, almost. To the excess that if you if you just practice these spiritual disciplines, you'll become spiritual yeah. or godly. Yeah. And so hey, what 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 Gordon said Sunday, I, I took notes and went to him afterwards. Was that like interpreting the scripture? Though it's hard work, is the easy part. Yeah, applying it is the difficult. Knowing yeah. what to do isn't hard. Doing it is yeah. hard. And again, that's so. There is also within orthodoxy that the answer to your spiritual maturity is you just have to learn more. Mm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we become very intellectual in our faith. Mm, mm. It's an interesting idea. I th- it's funny because most of the things you're talking about kind of relate to, you know, where is God in this? With the legalism thing, we tend to err in that direction mm-hmm. where we're like, I can do it, I can make it happen in my own strength. You know, the, the idea of doubting our salvation is then the kind of flip side of that. When yeah. I don't do it in my own strength, I yeah. doubt you know, what is the implication there, um, that idea, as opposed to this two, like, I am working hard, but I'm also yeah. remembering that it's God who works in me. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit that works in me. Okay, so we've got this spectrum. We've got people with different impressions on kind of how much do we contribute, how much does God contribute, how do, you know, this idea, obviously, within um, orthodoxy here. What about heretical views? Are, are there places where we really get outside the lines on sanctification? Well, I... The, when I, when we would travel with the basketball team in high school, my my traveling partner, because we were both preachers' kids, they would always make us house together. Because <laughs> nobody uh, else wanted to be. Yeah. As so, a preacher's kid, I can say, his, say you that. understand that. So. Nobody else wanted to be our no. Yeah. But, but they just felt like we had everything in common, you know. Mm. And his his name his, his his legal name was Earl, but his nickname was Skip. And so Skip and I would room together, and, and he grew up in in a his dad pastored a church where it was uh, perfect sanctification. The moment mm. you trust Jesus, you are totally and completely sanctified. So there was there was no room in there for growth. Mm. And, and I say that because uh, neither Skip nor I were walking with Jesus in high school, even though we were roommates on basketball trips. <laughs> but about, uh, about six years after graduation in Denver, uh, I, I ran into him in the shopping mall, 
And I had with me a young man, a, a Vietnam vet that I had had the joy of seeing come to know faith in Jesus. And so I was, I was discipling Ed on how to walk with Christ. And we run into Skip in the hallway, and I said, so we get renewed. And he said, well, I'm going to Bible college down in, in uh, uh, Colorado Springs, and I'm really excited to become a pastor. And I said, wow, that's fantastic. When did you get saved? And he named seven different times that he had gotten mm-hmm. saved. And so when we left, I still remember because Ed's three months old in Jesus. And he said, I thought you told me you only get saved once. And so in Skip's mm-hmm. theology, there was no room for growth. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably the most devastating of, of all of the heresies of sanctification, that sense that I must be perfect. Mm-hmm. So I must be assured, I can't question my salvation every time I fail. First John five thirteen. these things we have written to you so that you might no, he wants us to be assured, but at the same time, he progressively changes me. Mm. So the other heresy would be that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, get off my back. Mm. You know, it's like, so even if I look like I did before I profess faith in Christ, no change is necessary. And uh, there's, there's a great theological movement of, or, or reaction to, is Jesus Lord? Can mm. I accept him as Savior? but not embrace him as Lord. And so there's a subsequent decision to make him Lord of my life. The Scripture doesn't know anything about that. He is Lord. I just have to choose will I submit to him or not. And if I'm not willing to submit to him as Lord, I don't get him as Savior as well. Mm. And that sounds rather harsh, but that's the, what's the flow of the New Testament. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting because in, in both cases, you know, again, kind of like the previous, in both cases, essentially the doctrine of sanctification is being jettisoned. Yeah. You know, yeah. on the one yeah. hand, it's yeah. we're perfected in this life, in this moment. There's really no future glorification reality of that. So there's no process of sanctification because we're perfect today, the Amen. minute we accept salvation. On the other hand, you've got this idea that, like, I'm good. I don't need to be sanctified. Yeah. I have no need for that. Yeah. And I think that's a rejection of who we really yeah. who we really are. It's a misunderstanding of, you know, our sinful heart and the flesh and this war that we rage. You know, we've already yeah. mentioned Romans 6, 7, 8. Um, and so both kind of jettison yeah. this whole doctrine. First John chapter one. If you say they have no sin, right after saying, you know, if you <laughs> confess <laughs> right. your sins, you faithful. If you say you have no sin, you're a liar. The truth's yes. not in you. There's that keeping that, yeah. Yeah. Know, First John, I think, is a great book to yeah. go to on this subject of kind of that wrestling match in the same way that, you know, Romans seven, obviously, yeah. kind of you yeah. experience that same idea in both the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John in separate books. Okay, well, we got to keep the conversation moving. I know we're running a little long here probably at this point, but we cannot end our conversation without talking about how it impacts our lives. Obviously, yeah. this idea of sanctification, this is the here and now. This For most of us, salvation, the moment that we accepted Christ, is in the review mirror in a way. Um, this future reality of glorification yeah. is in the is in the forward. It's something we're looking for. We're living in the sanctification process. So yeah. how does this doctrine affect the way we live, Tom? Well, this this doctrine puts shoe leather on our profession of faith, mm. and it, 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 how to live in it is learning what it means to live in the Spirit, by mm. the Spirit. It's really the Galatians 5 story. If we walk in the Spirit, and the filling of the Spirit is not a one-time-for-all-time experience. So it is learning what it means to daily, moment-by-moment, decision-by-decision stay tuned to the Spirit. And uh, that's why I'm such a big fan of Awana and others. You're planting the Scriptures in the heart and mind of children so that as, as trials come or temptation comes, 
the scriptures come to mind, just as Jesus said to Satan, you know, it is written. So you're able to say, the Spirit of God spoke in the Word. So the practical is, I have got to immerse myself in the Word, not so that I'm intellectually astute, but so that I am armed and ready for the moment of temptation to let the voice of the Spirit speak that truth to me and give me guidance. But then also practically, it is a willingness to obey what I hear the Spirit of God say. Mm. So in practical ways, it's it's a call to not just trust Jesus and go on your way, mm. but it's a call to desire to be more and more like Christ. And as Paul says, not that I've already attained it, but I press on. So it's mm. a call to press on. Mm. And you've used two different terms, which are probably worth stopping a little bit. Obviously, we have we've talked about the Spirit. We've talked about the indwelling of the Spirit at moment of salvation. Yeah. We have the gift of the Spirit. That's the seal yeah. uh, of our future hope in Christ. Got the engagement ring on the finger. Exactly. Yeah. But then we have this concept in Scripture of the filling, which is this idea yeah. of walking with the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, not grieving the Spirit, yeah. you know, as Scripture speaks to, which requires this engagement with the things we've talked about. Yeah. Really, it requires a engagement in the Word of God. It requires a submission to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Uh, it requires engagement with the, the spiritual disciplines and the body yeah. of Christ. Yeah. You know, it's these... Again, not not new things, not yeah. some fancy idea. And, you know, we tend to leave kind of these behind, like, uh, I did that at one point, I'm good. I'm like, well, that's the Christian life. You know, it's it's these things, and it's coming back yeah. to these, and it's repentance and these normal activities. And it's it's the offensive four-letter word of uh, Philippians 2.10, work. Mm. Work out your salvation. So I, I thought it was easier than that. Well, yeah. <laughs> it will be when we get there, but right now it's work. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, listeners, hopefully this is an encouragement, an encouraging doctrine to you. Hopefully this has been an encouraging conversation uh, to you as we've introduced this concept of sanctification, this ongoing process of becoming more like Christ that we experience in between our salvation and our ultimate glorification uh, one day in heaven. Uh, let me just remind you a few of the things that we've talked about. Obviously, that Westminster Confe- or Catechism conversation, look that up. You can find it online if you're interested in that definition of sanctification, but it's this idea of dying to sin more and more and living for righteousness like Christ more and more. We've talked about Romans 6, 7, and 8. We've talked about 1 John. You talked about 2 Corinthians and Ephesians 4. Um, But the reality is the New Testament especially is just littered with this conversation about sanctification because this is where believers, as new believers, we we live here. This is what our lives look like as we we seek to, to become more and more like Christ each day. As far as disagreements, obviously there's there's differing influence on you know what's God's role, what's my role, how much do I contribute. We have to be careful of that legalism idea or doubting our salvation as a result of how we're doing. Um, and yet at the same time, we have to be careful of, of jettisoning the idea mm-hmm. of sanctification, these heresies. If we totally do away with sanctification, then we think we're perfect today, which is an error. First John talks about that. If we also, <clears throat> excuse me, If we also think that uh, we can just jettison the doctrine of sanctification uh, for other reasons, we know we're in trouble as well. Um, And then lastly, listeners, just coming back to these normal activities. I I know when I talk to a lot of believers, and this is what Tom is talking about, they get discouraged for a number of reasons. You know, some get discouraged because they're not making the progress they think they should be making. Um, and the reality is, like, sanctification is, you know, up and down, and yeah. it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long-term game. Uh, you know, don't give up on this idea short and this idea of walking with the Spirit, immersing ourselves in the Word, submitting to the Spirit's guidance, submitting to the church and brotherly uh, contributions to our faith as well. Uh, this is the idea of sanctification. This is where we all live day in and day yeah. out. Uh, Tom, any, any final thoughts or encouragements for our listeners on this subject before we wrap up? Well, yeah, just another shameless promotion. I mean, the reason we're in Hebrews is because the whole book is about our mm. sanctification, our life between 
the two appearings. And uh, we, we did it under the question is, is he enough? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hang in there because he is enough. Mm. And I, I love that reality of the way Hebrews puts it, of exalting Christ as yeah. that standard. It's um, you know, I've talked about at the end of the Revelation study, we become yep. what we behold. Yep. Um, you know, are we beholding Christ? Are we looking at Christ? And are we conforming ourselves to that image? Are we being conformed yep. to that image of Christ? I, I think the book of Hebrews is going to be a really good Amen. study. Hopefully it'll Amen. be an encouragement to us on this topic of our sanctification. Hebrews 12, keep your eyes fixed. Exactly. Very, very good. Well, listeners, that is it for this week's episode. Uh, let me just remind you that this coming Sunday, Tom will continue his study in Hebrews. Um, and he's going to be looking at the third and fourth verses of chapter one with the, the introduction of the book of Hebrews has seven descriptions of Christ and just this exaltation of Christ at the beginning of the book. It's hopefully going to be an encouragement to all of us as, as we behold uh, the Christ who we are being conformed uh, to his image as well. We would encourage you to join us for those services, uh, whether you come at the nine o'clock or 1030 hour, we would love to see you on Sunday. And thanks for again for listening to this week's episode. If it's been helpful to you, just know you can always share it with someone, rate it or comment on the podcast to find other, or help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.